If you've never been to the Maryland Renaissance Festival, you don't know what you're missing. There's so much to see and do. It's like a 16th century theme park with shops and pubs, food and games, live jousting, crafts and music, 10 stages with nonstop entertainment. Fun for the whole family. Saturdays, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th. Near Annapolis, the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Time travel to fun. Coming up, he's back with a new special counsel and a brand new attitude. The WWE Universe has plenty of questions, and so do I. The Big Dog is here as ATB starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and we are just days away from Clash of Champions streaming live on the WWE Network. It's going to be a big night for everyone, particularly my guest today. He's going to make the very first defense of his newly won Universal Championship against his very own bloodline, his cousin Jey Uso. I'm talking about my guest, the big dog, the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. I must say... It is still an honor that I get to flex my personal muscles and get you here on After the Bell. There's so many questions to get to. Uh, We've heard bits and pieces. First things first, welcome back. Good to be back. Yeah, I felt like I was uh, exiled for a little while just within the company. But yeah, it's good Good to be back back into the flow of things, I guess. Well, SummerSlam's tagline was, you'll never see it coming. And we found out at the end of the night what exactly it was. Uh, Walk me through that day, being away from WWE for a substantial period of time prior to WrestleMania and your reemergence that the WWE witnessed. It was actually pretty cool. Um, And I kind of like where we're at right now within the pandemic era Mm -hmm. outside of just everything going on, obviously, but to kind of keep everything quiet, you know, just to come in and do my business and get out of there. That that's always been really nice. You know, that that's kind of, that's what we've been saying is I'm the last one in the first one out and just, you know, get my stuff in and then get up out of there. So it was, it was nice. Um, to actually have like a, uh, you know, like a secretive moment within the business and to have an actual surprise. Cause you know, with, with the landscape of, you know, the media, social media, everything kind of, you know, the cat gets out of the bag somehow. And it, it's always like someone who was backstage and saw, you know, uh, wrestler X and they, you know, spill it to whoever they spill it to. And it's on YouTube and Twitter and the whole nine. So it was nice to uh, actually surprise people and have nobody know. It was definitely a, definitely a shocking moment for sure. I knew nothing about it, uh, which <laughs> counts See? for something considering I the guys got... on the inside. The guys on the inside don't even know exactly. So you mentioned social media and the effect it's had on our business. Um, obviously, it was massive news that you were going to miss WrestleMania. Uh, it seems like ancient history at this point. The business has already evolved so much over the past few months. You are the, the de facto locker room leader of WWE, and your tenure, you, you lead by example. What was going through your your heart and your mind as a performer? I mean, obviously, it's been pretty well documented and explained why you stepped away with the pandemic and the situation surrounding it. But just you, as the guy who is the workhorse of WWE, what was what was going through your mind when you had to make that decision? A lot of things, to be honest. Uh, but I think the you know the most defined thought that I had is I made a lot of sacrifices on on behalf of my family, and this is one one area that I'm 
not going to make that sacrifice. I, I'm going to, uh, I will sacrifice my career. I'll sacrifice the performance. Hell, I'll sacrifice the audience if I have to, to protect my family. Uh, I'll quit. Uh, I will hang up the boots. I, I've, I've done everything you can do in this business within sports entertainment, professional wrestling. There, there isn't an accolade. There isn't a moment that I haven't had that I, you know, whether it was a WrestleMania moment, uh, all the way to a house show, in Lille, France, you know, I've, I've experienced everything that you can possibly experience. Um, so for me, it was about putting my family first and right there. I mean, if I had to retire and, and that's what was going to be asked of me, I, I was willing to do it. So for, for one of the first times in a long time, uh, I put my family, they were one, a, you know, there, there was, there was nothing that was going to change my mind that I, I needed to, to go away and wait till we were in a place a place of better of understanding of the process, uh, you know, knowing exactly what this virus uh, has done and how it's affected everybody. And I just feel far more comfortable um, the way WWE is taking care of me to make me feel uh, safe, make my family feel safe, make my wife feel safe that I'm going out and then coming back in. That, that's been huge and critical to get me back in the ring. What was going through your mind as the guy, as a guy who's headlined numerous WrestleMania has been a part of all these massive moments, like you just mentioned, to be sitting on the couch watching WrestleMania this year? Uh, it sucked. It was like a two-night event. I would imagine I would have closed one of those nights. Uh, for me, you know, I, a little inside thing for me is I, I'm a four-star general. I've main evented, you know, four, four WrestleManias. Uh, in my head, I was the five, the fifth star was coming. You know what I mean? Right. It would have been on the, it would have been on the back of the shirt. You know, we, it would have been merchandised, but to just not be involved. I mean, even last year, the year before to be able to get, you know, get healthy again and pretty much rush back. I mean, I, I really could have took a lot more time for myself, but that's a part of the sacrifice. You know, that that's, sure. that's a part of being in that tippy top, you know, guy area to where you're constantly thinking about everybody else. You're constantly thinking about your contributions to the business and to the company and to keeping it where it needs to be. Um, and that responsibility that you're given and sometimes you take um, when you when you wear those shoes, you know, as being the face of the WWE, um, there's only a few few guys out there who can really understand, you know, where I come from and that mindset and, and willing to put everything on the line, whether I'm, I'm healthy or not. I mean, before I even left, uh, because of leukemia, I would have, I honestly would have kept going if it wasn't for, uh, you know, my spleen being enlarged and it legitimately being a danger for me to have physical contact. I would have tried to continue to wrestle if I could have, if it was physically possible for me to, to go through my treatments and still wrestle, I probably would have, I would have at least wrestled with the idea for sure. I would have entertained it. Elaborate a little bit more on that mindset that you said to, that it takes to be a very top tier guy. And, and there's a very limited number of guys who have, have breathed that rarefied air. What to you does it mean, whether it be a day to day basis or, or as a whole that separates you from the pack or anybody, the, a John Cena or a Hogan or over the, anybody that the, the business is known? It's every day. All day long, you don't turn it off. You're you're the you're that guy every single day, and it has to be that way. Um, and and everybody wants to be on top. Yeah, I mean, you've been around the boys. You've been in the locker room. Everybody sure. wants that push. Everybody, man, if they just push me, if if this this and that, why am I not? Like, 
But when the work comes, they start and moaning about it. They start complaining. And it's like, you, you said you wanted to be the guy, but you don't want to work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't want to work on the Saturday. You don't want to uh, double shot. You don't want to do the media before and after the show. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't want to have to catch the flight all the way across the country to do, do the hit for ESPN. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different things that keep you away from home that make this a 24-7, 365 uh, day a year job. It's not even a job. It's like a life. It's a lifestyle. It's something It's like you, you just, I don't know, you become it. You are it. And it's not something you can just put off to the side for a while and be like, I want to be normal for a little bit. It's, and I, I don't think everybody... Um, as far as talent understands that. And when that, whenever they do get a bit of a taste of it, it's, it's shocking, you know? And, and I've seen, I've seen some of the boys go from, man, I want to be pushed. I want to be the guy. I want to, I want to have the responsibility to being in the locker room. Like, I think I kind of like it right here doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Be on TV this one week, make a good living, be able to be with my family for the rest of the week. But they don't want to be in a situation. Not all of them. I'm not saying this is everybody. That's what makes our locker room special is we do have a lot of hungry uh, performers. But it's very rare for someone to taste the, the idea of doing everything, being on every single show, being dead tired all the time and enjoying it. You know what I mean? And being willing to do it year in and year out. It's one thing to do it for a year or two, but when you've done it for like six or seven, that's when you know you are it. You don't got it. You are it. And I love that. And I love that that's the mentality you still have after all this time, because most of the grinding, most of the in-between stuff isn't the glamorous part. I mean, being WWE champion or universal champion now, to your point, the responsibilities that come with that, that the world never sees probably outweigh what they do see. You get that moment of standing on the turnbuckle, holding your championship and all the adulation and the accolades and the merchandise. But then, like you said, I remember in, uh, was it San Francisco WrestleMania? Was that when you had to fly back to New York that night? Or, I mean, I feel like you've done that every, every year for a couple of years, Dallas. I got like, it was, that was Dallas. Uh, I got lucky that year, uh, which was, it was like a bittersweet situation because Seth, he, he cashed in and said, Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So someone who does understand, you know, the landscape, he does understand the, the very tippy top of the mountain. He's the one that had, <laughs> had to jump on the flight, <laughs> okay. jump up to New York and do, yeah, do the morning show and then come right back. And I remember when I saw him, uh, I want to say we were at the SAP Center in San Jose. He looked dead tired. And yeah. I, I'm in my head. I was like, I feel like I feel like you look right now because I had just wrestled Brock the night before. Uh, that, that match was brutal. So and that's the thing. Even if you don't do like uh, even if you don't um, have to go and do the, the flight and go do, you know, Good Morning America or the Today Show or whatever it may be the next morning. It, it doesn't matter. It's not like we get to, I mean, yeah, you're, you're making the sacrifice. Like you're having like the Super Bowl moment and you want to party, you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. 21, I, I, you know what I mean? You want to go hard. You want to just rage essentially and just have a great time with the people that you just like, you know, cash this huge check for. And, but you can't cause you, it just starts over. And it's not like you're like, I might have the day off. Hell no. You're going to be like, the main, you're going to be the front and center of the show of Monday Night Raw. You're, you're going to have to go out there, most likely seg one and deal with the most hostile crowd of all time. And, and, but it doesn't turn off. You know what I mean? It's just, you have this huge, like pinnacle moment, man. It's like the best moment of your life outside of having children. 
and there's no time to celebrate it. Yeah. It's literally right back to it. Get right, right. back. No off season. You know what I mean? Like you see the NBA guys, you like, man, who was it? Uh, I, I watched something on um, ESPN or something like that. Rodman, he didn't take his Jersey off for like, uh, after one of the Pistons championships, he partied for like four days straight was still in, it is <laughs> still in a smelly ass Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. but we, you know, I had already done two or three shows by, by the fourth day after WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Right. So, it's it's just one of those deals. Um, you just have to be ready to do it year-round. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. So beyond the mindset and mentality we just talked about, you mentioned Seth, who is, has breathed that same air. What, in your opinion, is it going to take for more guys to be able to reach that level? Is it, is it all mental? Is it all just the will to do so? Or, or we have Roman Reigns, we have Seth Rollins, we've got uh, Bray Wyatt nowadays, even Braun to an extent, uh, spending time on top. What's it going to take for more guys to, to step up their game to reach that level, in your opinion? It's consistency, man. I mean, there's a lot of different like things that create the the uh, what's it called the algorithm or whatever. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah makes, absolutely. You know, like there, there's so there's like different pillars, um, but really, it's you got to hold on to the ball, man. You know, when they 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 tell you that that analogy of don't drop the ball, take it, or you got to really run with the ball, and it's got to show in every you know every way. It's got to show. Obviously, through the performance, it's got to show backstage with how you handle it, how you handle working your way up, how you treat people. And then, you know, I think a huge one, which I mean, it's a popularity contest. So the numbers have to back it up. The numbers have to be behind you. You have to you have to be able to draw that attention. You got to be a, a, a like machine. You know, they got to be hitting yeah. that button on the yeah. Internet. There's there's a lot of things, especially nowadays where, you know, the, the top executives, they're all looking at these spreadsheets of, oh, this, this and that social media likes and, and how, how much, you know, uh, how much attention this is getting, you know, how, how many views, all, all of this stuff. But at the same, you know, right when it's about the numbers, there's got to be that substance behind it when it's, when it's when it's you on camera, when 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 it's all on you, when we put all our resources and we, we spend all that money for those seconds of time uh, of time to broadcast you, whether it's Fox or USA, it has to be there that it it has to be there. Right. Um, and it can't just be the one night, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, I, I love him to death. Braun, he, he was at top, he was on top for a little while, but in order to really prove yourself, you got to do it over and over and over and main event, main event, main event. Uh, I mean, 20, 30 pay-per-views, you, you got to show not just, you know, our locker room, but the whole world that you can do this. You know, you can be trusted with that amount of time, that that amount of investment um, year after year. And that's something I think that I've done. Not, there's not many. We, we have guys who are around around the top, but then nobody's shown it like I have. And I'm just now starting to show a different layer. I was able to do it in the same mode and keep numbers. And I, and I said it like the old Roman Reigns is still money. I, I could still throw on the best and go out there and still do it. And I've proven that I can keep doing that, you know, in the same mode and do it. I can do it, man. 
I can do it sick, tired, off the plane, on the plane. It don't matter. You know, I can do it in my sleep. That's how, that's how repetitious and, and conditioned I am at, at this game now. And what do you credit that to, that mentality, to be able to keep yourself sharp for such a long period of time? That was a magic question. I stumped the big dog. <laughs> nah, I, I'm just trying to be gentle with this one. Um, nah, let it out, man. I mean, you, you've earned the cash, uh, eh? Come on now. No, I mean, but, you know, in some regard, I was just born with it. You know, it's from my family, like uh, from from being around the business for so long, seeing it within my own blood relatives, you know, seeing men go through the same, you know, same highs and lows that I've seen now. Um, so I definitely think I was groomed. You know, I was groomed since I was just a little boy. But at the same time, you just got to have it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that's why there's only a few of them. That, that's why there's not that many that can be in, in this atmosphere that can orbit like this. You just got to have the IT. Well, you mentioned being groomed for this. And I immediately thought back to the NXT days or when you and I first met and you were started to refer to yourself as the thoroughbred in NXT. Yeah. And that was sort of the mentality behind it, if I'm not mistaken, was you you were bred for this. This is what you were born to do and what you were groomed, as you said. Um, how much of that mentality is now starting to see the light of day in what you're doing. I know these are discussions you and I have had over beers in the past. You know, what you'd like, you, you always have that best version of yourself or how you see yourself. Now that side, which, you know, a handful of us in NXT got to see in, in promo class. And now the world's yeah. kind of catching a glimpse at it. How much of that is being able to be brought forth now? A lot of it, to be honest. I mean, as we all were, I was like living over near USF, like in the hood, in an in a apartment complex stealing my wife's car to get to work my car it until we down. make it man. Yeah, yep. yeah like it, it was funny because um man it, it was just an act and it was what i thought i could be it's what i wanted to be but man i was so like just i couldn't i couldn't quite reach it but i could i could envision it um and now that's that's what i mean i'm i'm who i wanted to be you know i worked my ass off i plugged in like we talked about the consistency for years and years and years and and now you know what i mean i, I say this as humble as possible now i sit in the, my own movie theater doing these zoom calls I, the gym didn't work so we come to the movie theater. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. When we first set this Zoom call up, we had to relocate you from your beautiful personal gym to your personal movie theater. So yeah, I'll say the, the thoroughbred was a, a pretty accurate prediction. That's what I had envisioned from a, from a long time ago. And it, it took a very scenic route to get here. So it, it's still tough for me to brag, but that's what I love about what I'm doing now is if I don't want to, Paul, tell him, you know what I mean? To, Tell them what I am. Let let remind them of who I am. Read that resume right quick. You know what I mean. Let them know what I've been doing, what I'm about to do. So that that's something that's nice about adding a layer to it, being able to play off of somebody. But there's no doubt, man. I mean, I'm I'm just doing what I had set out to do back in NXT, back at FCW. Uh, what I was playing with, as far as with uh, with with Dusty, uh, the American Dream. You know, when he was leading our promo classes. God rest his soul. Um, he got it. He, he saw it. Man. He saw God, it. He, he knew it too. And he was like, man, and you were there and you knew yeah. how he was like, he was so good at like, because that, that was tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was really like, we're in a, just a dark warehouse and we're trying to like, convey ourselves as super mega stars you know what i mean it's not easy and you know? in front like, of a crew of what 30 of your peers 
who if, if yeah. there's no there's no more nerve-wracking scenario it's probably easier to be in front of 10,000 screaming fans who are strangers and do what you want to do because you don't necessarily feel that judgment to be sitting in that dark room on Dale Mabry highway in front of, mm-hmm. Oh, not only the future of the business, but dusty roads, but all of the, yeah. the dignitaries as dusty used to refer to them, the, the higher ups that would come down. It's nerve wracking. And, and yeah, you, man. The, the goal is to, to find who you truly were. And here we are looking back at it now. And dusty knew back then who you are today. Yeah, he knew it. Like, and, and I think he, he could see it within all of us. Like when we were getting, you know, out of our comfort zone or we, you know, it was starting to break us a little bit. He knew or our confidence was going down. He knew how just to give you a little shot, uh, just enough to where it was like, man, he just spoke to me. He just like, he completely revamped my confidence. And, and he told me, he's like, you just got to let it go, baby. You just got to let it go. You, you, you are it. You, you have it. You can't get rid of it. You can't sell it if you want to. You know what I mean? You're just going right. to have to accept it and be the guy. And from there, I just, I knew it. You know what I mean? I knew, like, if, if he's telling me this, then I need to understand it. I need to learn how to harness it. It took a while. It really, it's still, I mean, it's still a work in progress. But yeah, that, that was one of those moments where the dream completely just, he saved my whole mentality. He saved my confidence because you're in the, I mean, you're in the shark pit. You're, you're, you're in like, it, it, it's not just peers. It's, it's like alpha male, you know, like a lion's den. Everybody's charismatic. Everybody's in good shape. Everybody's pretty good looking. You know what I mean? And they're all different. And somehow you have to convince everybody in this little camera in front of, in front of you that, that you're the one that's better than all of them. You know what I mean? So it, it's not easy and it, and it won't ever, as it shouldn't be, it should not be easy because of the great things that can, can come from it. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I wouldn't trade this life in for the world, but it wasn't easy to, to get to it. Was, I had to earn it. No doubt about that. I think a lot of people would agree that uh, amongst the shocking moments of the return of Roman Reigns, uh, you mentioned him earlier. I would be remiss if I did not mention Paul Heyman, the new special advisor to the tribal chief. Uh, well, you, you were looking for someone polarizing. I don't know you're going to find a more polarizing character in this business than Paul Heyman. How did this alliance come to be? It's just something I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, it was an opportunity um, to be able to connect a lot of dots. Uh, it was, I guess, kind of a bit of a lure as well, you know what I mean, to get me back in. But it, it was for me to know I wanted to go down this route. I just felt like I needed something not not just like I didn't want to just show up, look different, talk different. I, I wanted a, a whole new presentation. Um, and we're going to continue to gradually do that. But I thought, you know, what better way than to align myself with essentially, you know, like a high powered attorney, everybody, um, you know, athlete, why if you took like a, like the top athlete in the world and you mixed them with like a mafia boss character, that's who I am. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the mob boss will go out there and do the hit himself, but you gotta have somebody who's, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's for you. You gotta have somebody who, who understands the ins and outs, um, and can add that new layer to to the whole character realm, to the personality, um, not not just for me in general, but the organization of what I'm trying to do. So it's uh, it's been really cool to work with Paul. And we touched on it briefly on TV via a short video package on SmackDown. But Paul's a guy who has spent a significant amount of his life 
with your family and many iterations, how cool is it to kind of continue that legacy with, with as proud as you are of where you came from? Oh, it's really neat for me, man. It, it, it kind of just brings everything full circle. And it's a cool arc because before, you know, years ago, a couple years ago, three, four, five years ago, Paul would just come up to me and like, look at this picture. He, he'd like, he'd sometimes he would print them out to give to me and he'd be like, this is me and your uncle and, and your cousin. You know what I mean? And he just had, you know, he'd be sitting with this, that old big ass phone. The giant, yeah, this uh, or a cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then over the years, he's just told me so many cool stories. It's just really neat to be able to connect those dots, like I was saying earlier, like of our kind of the paths of my family and then his career. You know, he he uh, and he'll tell you he gives a lot of credit to, to, you know, being left alone, essentially. You know, it's it was especially back in the day, it was hard to break into this business. It was like a very I mean, as tight knit fraternity, you know, we don't it's fight club. Essentially, we don't talk about fight club, Um, especially back then. And my dad and uncle kind of gave him the blessing. They, they made it to where they're like, we like this kid. And so nobody messed with him. You know what I mean? They, he, he'd drive them. He, he would help them out, do things for them. Um, and from there, he's just always had a huge respect for our family. And just, it's been really cool to see him, you know, go from being that young boy all the way to, to being what he is today and what he's done in the middle of his career and then through his journey of, of uh, you know, the rest of the business. Well, while we're on the subject of your family, uh, a few days from when this airs, you will be defending your universal championship against your cousin, Jay Uso. Obviously, we've told this story on television. Give me some depth here. I mean, we, we do our best as announcers to really tell the backstory and there might be a cool video package. What does it mean for Joe to be stepping in the ring with Josh? Oh, man. It's almost like a security blanket. So I think I just did my my first real match, the tag match we just did with Sheamus and Corbin, which in its own right was nice to have those guys because I've been, I've been in the ring with them a billion times, um, especially Corbin recently. Um, but there's nothing like your family. You know, there's nothing like being out there with your family, but it's different, like, because I'm used to the crowd. So I'm used to having... And that's what's always made me special is for whatever reason I can, they, they get up, you know what I mean? They make yep. a lot of noise and I can play to that. I can interact with them. I can, that allows me to change my pace. And that's where my audibles come into play out there uh, for myself. Being able to listen. Being able to listen. Yeah. And let them do their thing and, and let them be a part of the match and let them be the true environment, the atmosphere of what we're doing. And to make it so compelling when you're watching through the TV to be like, man, I, I want to go there. I like, right. It it's lit out there. Like you see how loud they are. They won't shut up. It's like a soccer match. They're singing the whole time. Uh, that's something that I've always taken great pride in is to be able to have that true interaction with the crowd. But there's no crowd out there now. It's it's the Thunderdome, which is a, it's cool in its own right. But you know there are no audibles. There is no just taking a breath and you know letting them do what they do. It's you know it's 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 as you and your you know dance partner as it's ever been. So I think being out there with my cousin for the first time, you know, for my first time in a singles capacity, uh, but probably his too. I don't, you know, he's a tag team guy and I don't know if he's right. had any real singles matches. I know he had that fatal four way and then, you know, the tag match. Yeah, definitely not this high had. profile. Yeah, definitely not this high profile. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it, there's like a very calming effect to having your blood out there with you to, to know like... I'm a little unsure and it's going to be a little different than what I'm used to. 
So what better way than to link arms and, and go with someone you fully trust, someone that you've been through it with and so many, so many different aspects of life, someone you grew up with. And it's kind of cool because Josh taught me how to wrestle, essentially. Like uh, when we were at FCW, kind of that same time frame, we're talking about promo classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both lived in the hood. The reason I lived in the hood is because I didn't know anything about Tampa. So I just asked Josh where he lived and he was yeah. like, I live over here. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to move next to you. And little did I know I moved to the worst area. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Josh. <laughs> so now I don't get to pick anywhere we live anymore from that day. But yeah, we would just sit out on the porch, have a few beers and we would talk about the basics of wrestling. He would just teach me. He, he'd just sit there and, and reiterate, like, this is this is this, and this is that, and this is when you need to do this, and this is what you should be thinking when we do that. Um, and then, you know, just, man, he taught me so much about the basics, like, really made me comfortable about the basics. All the, you know, the simple lingo stuff that we could just call out right now, but he really did a good job of just getting me up to speed to be able to, like, start to think about the nuances. That's something that can't necessarily be taught. I mean, when you go to wrestling school, you want to learn how to do moves. Little do you realize that it's all the in-betweens, as we refer to it, you know, separate a good wrestler from a mega superstar. Uh, so it's really cool that at least you had that experience from your family to draw from in that respect, because I mean, that's something I think there are guys that are on Raw and SmackDown now that will readily admit to you. They still haven't figured that part out. The landscape of WWE is markedly different from last time we saw you prior to WrestleMania. Who is on uh, the big dog's radar these days? Anybody in particular stand out or impressing you? I think that's an answer in and of itself. <laughs> ah, man. I, otherwise, I wouldn't have to be back. You know what I mean? If, if everybody was... If it was all just perfect, there wouldn't be a need for me. You know what I mean, Pete? If the fans wouldn't have been calling for me to come back, the company wouldn't need me. If, if it was really all good, I might still be at home, you know? So I, I think there are some people who are showing some some glimmers. Uh, but as far as the people who were doing who are doing good now, they were doing good before I left. You know, I mean, sure. Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, uh, you know, I, I actually... Drew's stepped up and he's done, I, I, I couldn't imagine this being my opening title run, you know what I mean? To have to deal with it through a pandemic. So a lot of respect out to Drew. Randy's always been Randy, you know what I mean? Like he, he seems like he's a little less lethargic and he's got a little pep to his step and he's enjoying himself. So I think that that's always been the thing for Randy It's like just... If Brandy's having fun, I think it translates, you know, if he's not, yeah. you could definitely, you yeah. definitely see when he's not. It's funny. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He like, if he's not into it, you're going to kind of see it. Um, but he seems like he's into what he's doing. Someone like Keith Lee, I was in there with him at Survivor Series uh, this past year. So I kind of, I kind of already knew what was going to be with him and, and I felt him. Uh, and I felt his presence out there. So I, I had a, a general idea that he was he's legit. Yeah, I'm just like, when, when they're really doing their job is when I won't have to do mine anymore. Just like kind of John, John said the same thing to me in yeah, one of the did. promos, you know? Yep. And we ain't, we ain't seen him in a while, right? You know what I mean? We, and we don't rarely see him. And what he does, it's just kind of what he does. He, and he's gone. In order, for some, in order for me to leave, someone has to really come and hold it down. You know what I mean? In order for me to be able to go do whatever I want to do after this, someone has to be able to show that they can maintain and handle the responsibility to where I'm not needed. 
And as, as long as I'm needed, and as long as this company needs me, I'm going to be here. But somebody's got to be able to step up and do that. But I mean, we have a lot of guys who, who can be there. They just haven't gotten themselves there yet. And I'll help them as much as possible, but I'm not going to give it to you. you you're going to have from this. From these cold, cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> from this Kung Fu grip. You're going to have to take it from me, man, because I took it from them. Nobody like when the shield came in, we had who we we had John, Randy, Big Show. We had a lot of old heads still here, and it was their way. And now anybody new that comes, they always say that this is. Uh, I think it was Gallo said it in an interview, like the way that we've changed the locker room and and you know the 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 culture is different. Well, it took a lot of hard work, and it took a lot of just prying some of these personalities you know, to, to understand that, man, we're going to do and take this ship where we want to take it now. And I, I think it's, it's been a positive, you know, we, we, we put the company in a very positive place, making a ton of money. Um, obviously we've had to deal with some things through this pandemic, but somehow we still bounced back and, and made it work. Um, but the way things are now, and it's going to be different in five, 10 years, Who, whoever does step up and, and makes it theirs, they're going to, they're going to mold it how they want it, but it's totally different than it used to be. And people can actually enjoy themselves. They don't have to worry about the BS. They can come in and worry about the audience and putting them first and creating, you know, the best performance possible. And for me, that's what, that's what this business is about is creating the best content, the best product for our audience. Can't argue with any of that, man. I love, I love that I have the, the honor of being a part of it. So I just figured I'm going to ask you what everyone else has been asking while you were away during your pandemic downtime, aside from the countless hours you clearly spent in the gym, what did Roman Reigns occupy himself with? Daddy mode, man. Just, you know, I'm in the gym a lot. I've been training my ass off. Um, and that, that kind of goes into just understanding uh, what I want to do with this, you know, what I want to do with this segment of my career, you know, this portion, this run, whatever you want to call it, by no means is at the end or anything like that. But it's, it's just, I want to be able to, whether it's two years, three years, uh, one year, whatever this turns out to be, I wanted to be able to put everything forward uh, and just, you know, turn every stone and make sure everything was perfect. And that's why I'm so driven now is because I want it to be that way. I, I really want, you know, I've, I've been through a bunch of, uh, you know, different circumstances. I've been able to experience so much. I feel like I understand what I need to do in order to be able to give that very, you know, um, unforgettable performance day in and day out. So I just, I really took the time and I, you know, I never had this much time off outside of injury or something sure. you know, health wise. So I was like, man, I can actually just train and feel good and eat good and, and just do a lot of different things to, to kind of, you know, help my performance. And that, that was, that's what was critical for me is putting in the work that way. Once I get to this point, it's easy. You know what I mean? And, and now I feel good. I'm in shape. Uh, I'm, my cardio is, is top notch. I'm going to go out there. Haven't really wrestled a singles match. I'm going to murder it. You know, and I know that I know it. I feel it when I do my cardio at night. I don't even, I, I, you know, I push myself to where I get tired, but I don't get that tired, you know, so I know that I put everything forward and I, I've done everything I can do. I, I've taken control of everything that I can control outside of injury to be able to go out there and give the best performance. Um, but other than that, you know, just family time. Like I said, we spent so much time on the road. Uh, it, it was really cool to be able to be home and just be a dad, uh, to be 
to be able to be plugged in and be a real part of the schedule, um, to be a true set of helping hands, you know, whether it's giving the boys a bath, getting them ready for bed, playing with them during the day, going outside on walks and stuff. They're in the gym. I had to literally, before we went out to the gym to start this, I had to tell them, all right, guys, you got to do a podcast. So you're not coming to the gym. I'll come back out and get you because every day they go out there with me. Like they're always, they, oh, that's they, awesome. they love the gym. And I, half of it, I think is just so they can walk back and forth. They like, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I'm going back to mommy. And then they'll leave. And then 10 minutes later, they're back. So I think they like the, they the keep transition. their options open. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, or they'll like, forget, like, I'm going to go get my cup. I'll be back. You know what I mean? They like, yeah, they like to be able yeah. to tra- tra- do the transfer, but every single day they're with me. So it's, it's really nice. And it's going to be hard to get out of this mode. Um, the silver lining of this pandemic is that, you know, it's given me a lot of time home with my family. And even now, we're only on Fridays. We're not running live events. So I, I literally, I drive up, you know, to Orlando in the bus, get there pretty late, knock out my stuff, get right back on the bus and I'm back home that night and I'm, I'm home. Uh, this week will be a little different because we do Friday and Sunday, but even on that Saturday, I make sure to come home and be, be oh, here right to help. And then I'll be right back Sunday afternoon. But it's been really nice to be able to be home pretty much, you know, Saturday to Friday morning and to have all those days at home. To be a part of the process and to be present is has really been a blessing. Right on, right on. But you were mentioning earlier, uh, talking about where you used to live in Tampa. I was reminiscing while we were talking about, I'll never forget, we were in your pool. And this was this was definitely community pool. This wasn't private Romans pool. This was the the property pool. <laughs> this is where we were yeah, in, like, yeah. in our careers at of that course. time. A birthday party, and I remember sitting in the pool with you, and there was a handful of other guys, and just talking business like we did. And I remember, like it was yesterday, you declaring that you weren't just going to come up to the main roster. You were going to be the guy. You wanted. You mentioned Austin and Rock and this litany of names, and I think all of us at the time were kind of like. All right, dude, let's just let's get there first because it was such a pipe dream. It seemed so none of us were ever going to go to Raw or SmackDown, let alone you're going to be the guy. Yeah. okay. good luck with that, dude. Well, we've all eaten our share of crow. Uh, Luckily, I'm pretty sure we've all made made good on our careers after that day in the pool. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm I'm proud of you. Shut up and drink your beer. All right. Just enjoy the birthday. Exactly. Enjoy the water. You're over here. You're saying crazy stuff. Yeah, you're over here talking nonsense, uh, except you made it come true. And, you t- you know, now we're talking from your personal theater. So I'd say that uh, that prognostication worked out quite well. It was like standing at home plate pointing out the left field wall. Home run, kid. I mean, you got to envision it. You, you got to be able to see it. And even if it's 100 feet or right there, you know, right there, you, you got to be able to see yourself as what you want to be. You got to be able to put in the hard work to do it. You can't take no for an answer. You got to be able to push through that stuff, break through the walls. But yeah, man, I I envisioned it. I knew what I wanted and you got to be willing to take it. And that's what I did. Nobody wanted to get me. And yeah, I had some tools and I had some potential and it helped me out to get to, to fit into some key opportunities, but nobody. And and I'm like, I'm saying this now, whoever, whoever's the next one and he ain't the next Roman Reigns. He's the next performer X. He's his own name. He's his own man. He's his own character. He ain't going to be me because that's not good for my business. Um, but you're going to have to take it. You, nobody's going to give it to you. And I'm telling you now, if, if you hear this podcast 
and I'm the guy that's still around that's doing it, you're going to have to take it from me. I, I'm not going to be unfair. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to be a good man to you. I'll help you as much as I can, but we don't give anything. You're going to have to take it. You're going to have to earn it and you'll appreciate it that much more once you do get into the, you know, once you find yourself in that position that you envisioned, man, it'll, it'll taste that much sweeter. Well, there it was, a declaration from the top of the mountain. Well, welcome back again, Oos. I'm happy to have you back, man. I'm, I'm stoked to be part of this next run of your career, this next phase. I'll be, uh, be there ringside to hand you bottles of water during commercial break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look, you guys, you saying it to me. I looked, I was about to drink. I was like, I feel like they're shooting me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should have totally popped it and drank it though. <laughs> All good, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Go back and uh, spend some time with the fam. I look forward to seeing you Friday and good luck at clash. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you one more time to Roman for sitting down and uh, penciling me in to have a little chat. I feel like there's still a lot more questions that need to be answered after this interview, but time will tell. I'm looking forward to Clash of Champions. But before we get there, I'm going to leave you with a little zen. This comes from Plato, not the children's toy, the philosopher. A measure of a man is what he does with power. Curious how that pertains to my guest this week. Make sure you follow at After the Bell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join the conversation using the hashtag After the Bell. And I say this every week because I need your help. If you're using Apple Podcasts and haven't left us a review yet, shoot me five stars, please. It helps spread the word. If you're using an Android, follow ATB on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Follow me at WWE Graves, and I'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol. Maybe a new universal champion? And more WWE after the bell. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.